0: Praise God, everybody! Another beautiful day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Um, coming to you tonight with another video on, on uh, just learning about God and about how to help us in our walk with Him. You know, and not to get impatient sometimes and get ahead of God, or try to help Him with a circumstance because that's what we tend to do sometimes. We tend to try to help God with his, with the circumstance and try to resolve it ourselves when. Basically, we need to learn to wait on Him. But um coming to you with, from the book of Isaiah, chapter 40. I'm going to start out by reading 20, verses 21 through 22. Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 21 through 22. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me there, or you can um, just mark the verse down and go back and read it later on, or however you want to do it. Um, in Isaiah, chapter 40, beginning with verse 21, it says, Have ye not known, have ye not heard, have it not been told from the beginning, have ye not understood the from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. Let's pray before I get started. Lord Jesus God, I thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for... Another opportunity, Lord, to get on here get on Facebook, Lord, and to, to do your your teachings, Lord Jesus. And God, I ask you, Lord, to help me tonight, Lord. Speak through me. Use me as your vessel tonight, Lord Jesus. God, give me the words to say that you would have me to say, Lord, that it will help each and every one of us in our walk with you, Lord Jesus. God, if there's anybody watching tonight, Lord, that, that needs a touch from you, God, I ask you to reach to them, Lord, and touch them, Lord Jesus, in their body, God. And if there's anyone, Lord that needs to be saved. God, I ask you to deal with their hearts, Lord God. And Lord, I thank you and I praise you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. One of the key things is knowing and knowing what God can do and knowing what God is capable of. And uh, you see, we have tendencies sometimes to to get to where we dwell too much on what the flesh knows instead of what the spirit man knows. And a lot of times we don't even bother to teach the spirit man what he needs to be taught instead you know we'd rather stay home or rather sit and watch tv instead of getting into the word of god or instead of going and to church and sitting under a minister that can give us an understanding of the of the word give us an understanding of god an understanding of his ability to take care of us and to move for us in our time of need or move for us in our situations and our circumstances and god's asking here through the prophet isaiah he says have you not known in other words, all this time have you not known? Regardless of, of whether you're young or whether you're old, you know, through your life have you not known? Has, has nobody told you? Has nobody said anything to you about God? Has nobody tried to explain to you that about God? You know, have you not known? Has no nobody came and, and gave you any information whatsoever? Have you not heard? In other words, have you not, at any point in your life, heard somebody tell you about the Lord or heard? Somebody tell you about God. And He's not just asking the individual, but He's also asking the congregation. He's asking the people. He's asking the whole world. He's asking everybody from the beginning all the way up till now. You know, have you not heard from the foundations of the earth? Have you not heard from from day one what I'm capable of doing? Or that I I have come to save you or that I'm able to, to deliver you or that I'm able to heal you? You know, I mean, think about it. He's, he's the waymaker. He's the miracle worker. He's the promise keeper. He's the water walker. All the different things that God done throughout his, throughout his Word. You know, He brought down cities. He brought down walls. He moved for His people. He delivered Israel out of the bondage of Egypt. He helped them get across the Red Sea. He delivered them from the wilderness across the River Jordan into the Promised Land. And He gave the entire Promised Land, the entire kingdoms, everywhere where Abraham's feet walked, and tread, and everywhere where Isaac's feet tread, everywhere where Jacob's feet tread. He gave them all that land. He gave every bit of it to him. He delivered it all to him. You know, He's the, he's the, he's the, the Almighty God, the, the One that can do anything for us, anything in our lives. And see, but He's saying here, have you not been told? Have you not heard? Has nobody informed you of what I'm capable of doing? Has nobody ever told you that I'm able to deliver you from this or able to get you out of this mess that you got yourself into? And yes, that we get ourselves into. A lot of times we get ourselves in the mess. But you see, if we don't have the knowledge of what God is capable of doing, or what he, what he can, how He can move for us, and how He can deliver us, and the things that He can do, then if we don't have that knowledge, then whenever the problem hits or when the circumstance or the situation gets bad, and we're caught up in it, and no, we can't see no way out, then if we don't know what God is capable of doing, then how are we going to know? That he can get us out of it. See, we have to know this. We have to know that. We have to know that about God. So, how do we get informed about Him? How do we know? How do we get to where we can know, know that God is capable? How do we get to the point and to the level to where we know, regardless what we're going through, we we know that beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is capable of doing it. And not only that, but how are we going to know that that uh, which way God wants us to go or what He wants us to do while we're waiting? You know, sometimes we sit there and we. We get weary because we put too much focus and too much emphasis on our situation and on our problem, whereas instead we should be looking to where God wants us to go and looking to Him for direction in our life, looking to Him, looking towards Him for solutions to our circumstance. And that's what I'm going to get into tonight as I go deeper into this. But it says, Have you not known, in other words, have we not known what God is capable of doing? You can find all that out in the Word of God, what God is capable of doing for each and every one of us. If he done it for them back then, He's more than willing to do it for us today. But we have to trust Him and believe Him. Have we not heard? If you haven't said underneath, uh, underneath good sound doctrinal teaching from the Word of God that is not lying to you, but instead is telling you what the Word of God says and what God has in store for your life, then you have not heard what God is capable of doing for you. So I suggest if you haven't, then get somewhere where, where you'll learn that what, you know, what God is capable of doing for you. Get under a good, sound, doctrinal teaching. Hath it not been told you from the very beginning? Notice from the very beginning, from the very beginning of time it was told to Ad, to Adam in the garden. From the very beginning, it was told all men, all men, all the way down through the age, it's been told. Have you not understood? See, this is a key word. Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? You have to have an understanding. And the only way you're going to get an understanding, understanding is if God reveals it to you and gives you an understanding of what's being said. The only way you're going to get that is through the anointing of the Lord or asking God to give you give you knowledge or give you an understanding and a revelation of what he's telling you or what he's saying in his word. And once you get to where God can tell you once you get to where you can hear what he's trying to tell you and understand, he'll start giving you an understanding of what is of what he's saying and what's going what God's trying to tell you in the word of God. But you have to seek him and get close to him, draw close to him so that you can hear and so that you can know what His voice is saying, and you'll know that it's God telling you. See, the, the vastness and the greatness of God, you will never have an understanding or you'll never know if, God do, if, you don't, if you don't get the study in the Word and allow the Word to show you and allow God to reveal to you how great and how awesome and how mighty and what He's capable of doing. Just like He showed Adam in the, in the very beginning. Just like He showed Moses. Like He showed Noah. Like He showed all of them throughout the age and showed Joshua and and showed um, uh, David and showed Daniel. Showed all the prophets and all the different ones all down to the age. He showed them how great He is. It says, It is He that sitteth upon the circle of the earth and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretcheth out. See, God stretcheth out the heavens. In other words, He stretched out the heavens and He laid them out all around us. Everywhere, all the stars and the moon and the earth and the sun. He laid out all that all around the earth as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. In other words, all the, all the universe, God dwells in it and He's amongst it. He can move anywhere and, and all, all around. And the earth is His footstool. The Bible says that the, earth, that the earth that we live upon, this rock that we live upon hanging out in the middle of nothing is the, is the footstool of the Almighty God. But you see, in knowing that, and knowing how great and how big and how, how awesome He is and what He's capable of doing, He knows everything that's going on. Every moment of every passing moment all throughout the earth, He knows all things. Let's see, heaven known that. Look down in verse 28 of the same chapter. It says, Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard? Again, He asks the same question again. Have you not known? Have you not heard? That the everlasting God, the Creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, Neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. See, we with our fleshly mind and our flesh, our, our uh, limitations of the flesh, we will never be able to get an understanding of God. We will never be able to get to the point to where we understand His level of thinking because the flesh, the flesh, won't allow that. And see, we have we have to understand from what the Word of God, what the Word of God tells us, to know that we have to trust Him and know that we have to wait patiently on Him. To know that we have to, to know that God knows what He's doing in our circumstance or in our situation. But you see, a lot of times it's, it's kind of like what Job went through. I mean, think about what, what Job went through. Job's dilemma that he was in. You know, the devil went into heaven and he, he asked God that he to allow him to tempt Job. To allow him to go and, and told him, says, If I go and take everything he has away from him, he'll curse you. And he'll he'll refuse to live for you. And God said, I have trust. I have faith in my servant Job. I know my Job. I know that he's. A, I know that he's an upright man, and that he will that he will stand. And he will. I know his endurance. What he's capable of doing. So he allowed he allowed the devil to go down and do what he did. He went down and he killed all of, all of Job's children, and he took all, everything Job had. Took all of his belongings. Took all of his sheep. All of his cattle. Everything that God. That everything that Job had. The devil took it from him. But in all of that, he didn't curse God. Instead, he, he, he said, God giveth and God taketh away. You see, but he still, he still believed God to take care of him, regardless of what had happened. He knew that his God would take care of him and that he would keep him. But then all of a sudden, here come, Job, here come the devil back again after asking God again. And God allowed him to put boils and sickness in Job's body. So now all this time that Job went through all this with a sickness in his body... Yet God, had, God knew that Job would hang on and that Job would keep living for him even all the way through all this stuff that Job went through. But you see, God knew that in the end of it, what was going to happen with Job is Job is going to be even stronger in God. And plus, he would remove something from him that God was not happy with. And he would give Job an understanding and a greater understanding of, of, of himself. You see, of God. He would give him a greater understanding of what God is capable of. But you see, when Job come out the end of this thing, and Job was a better man than what he was before, and he had twice as what, twice the th- the belongings and twice the stuff that he had from the beginning when it was all taken away. But you see, through all of this, Job learned how to trust God. But you see, he also had friends amongst him that was trying to tell him this, telling, well, Job, it's because you did this is why you're going through this. Job, it's because you said this the other day. That all this is being, being, all this is happening to you. God has turned his face from you because you did this or because you said that and that's why all this thing is coming into your life. While all this stuff has happened, while all your thing, all your belongings was taking away, while your health, while your health is failing you. Is because of something that you did just just a few days ago, Job. All this, God, all this happens for a reason. See, because God looked looked down at you and said, "Well, I'm upset with Job, so I'm am allowing this to happen, or I'm putting this on his life." That's what his friends was telling him. But you see, Job knew that God, come on, that God was going to come through for him in the end. But he allowed himself to begin to listen to what his friends had to say and everything. So I imagine at that point when he was listening to that, it caused some doubt to try to slip in there and caused all these things because he allowed himself to listen to what was being told him. But instead, in, in the end, he looked to God and he said, you know, he said, I'm cursed the day that I was born because of all this that has come upon me. And that's because he allowed himself to listen to what his friends are saying. But instead, he began to turn to God and began to look to God. And then God come down and began to tell him things, beginning to show him begin to show him the things in his life. He's told Job, he said, Job, where were you at when I created everything? Where were you at when I hung the stars out there? Where were you at when I hung the earth out there? Where were you at when I set the sun in its place? Where were you at when I told the sea how far it could move? How far it could come up on the land? Where was you at when I'd done all these things, Job? And yet you want to question me. And yet you, you want to try to understand my understanding. But where was you when i done all these things? You see, Job, you don't, you don't know what I'm capable of doing. You don't know what I'm able to do. You see? And in all this, he began to show Job some things about himself that he wasn't pleased with. To allow Job to, to get those things out. He allowed Job to go through this so he could remove those things out of him that he wasn't happy with. And then in the end of it, when Job prayed for his friends, then his health was restored unto him and all these things began to give, be given back to him that he had lost, that the devil had taken away. And he ended up with twice of what he had from the beginning. But you see, when you look at all of that and you, you begin to understand what Job, how Job reacted and how Job withstood everything during his dilemma and how he kept his face towards the Lord and he kept going without faltering from either side, and told his wife, you know, that's a foolish thing to do what you're saying. You're a foolish woman to tell me to curse God and die, because I know in the end of this thing that I'm going to come out smelling like a rose, and that God's going to move in my circumstance and in my situation. And he made it all the way to the end. So then when you think about that, but you see, what if Job would have done it a little differently? What if he would have hastened himself? What if he would tried to outrun God and move ahead of God or do something before God told before God allowed all of this. But you see, um, you know, one of the things he could have done he could have taken his life. He could have said, you know, well, there's no reason to live anymore because, you know, because all this, all everything I have has been taken away. He could have listened to his wife, could have cursed God and rolled over and died, laid laid over and died. But instead, he held on. You see, he didn't hasten to what. The circumstance was leading up to. Instead, he waited patiently on God to move, and waited patiently on God to take care of the circumstance and the situation. But if you look over in Proverbs, Proverbs 19, Proverbs chapter 19, I want to show you something. You see, if we try to get ahead of God, or try to fix our circumstances ourselves, or try to to move in and in, and do it our way instead of waiting on God to take care of the situation, or waiting on God to to solve the problem, and instead we want to try to push, pu- try to push on forward and take care of take care of it ourselves. We're actually sinning when we do that. If we turn turn away and, instead of waiting on God to take care of it, and we try to fix the situation ourselves, and knowing good and well that it's beyond our ability, beyond our beyond our capability of doing it, or beyond our um, what our fleshly bodies can do. Or beyond our knowledge or comprehension of the thing, and we still try to go and take care of the circumstance or take care of the situation. We're actually sinning. You see, it looks look right here in Proverbs chapter nineteen, verse verse two. It says also that the soul be without knowledge is not good. It is not good. Remember what I said earlier about having knowledge. Have you not heard? Have you not understood? Have you not um, been told? You see, having the knowledge of God. You got to have the knowledge of God. You have you have to have the you know the knowledge of the Lord, because it is not good for your soul to not have knowledge. You see, it's not the flesh that's learning about God. It's the it's the spirit man that lives inside of us that is gaining strength in the Lord and and, begin, and getting stronger in God. Because as we as we take in the knowledge and the wisdom of God in, in our mind here, it goes in and gets in the spirit man that's living inside of us. Because you see, the flesh is weak. The flesh wants to do what it wants to do. The flesh don't want to come under subjection to God. But the spirit man is always longing and seeking and and hungering for the Lord, hungering after righteousness. So the more that you, the more strength that you build up that spirit man, in other words, the stronger you make him that's living inside of you, then it's gonna, it's gonna be easier to overcome the flesh. It's gonna be easier to draw nigh to God and to be able to, to get an understanding of him. And get closer to Him, so that whenever the situation arises to where all of a sudden we're facing a dilemma, that spirit man inside of us would be searching after God for the solution, and be seeking after God to help, for God to help it. But you see, it says here in the, the second part of this verse, says, "And he that hasteneth, he that hasteth with his feet sinneth." So if you haste with your feet, in other words, if you rush to try to get in front of God and try to try to take care of the situation yourself instead of waiting on God then you're sinning because you're allowing yourself to try to solve the problem or fix the problem yourself and all you got to do is make the problem worse and you're not going to for, for the other thing you're not going to have faith in God to take care of the situation so if you don't have faith faith in God to take care of it and you try to fix it yourself then basically what you're doing is you're saying you're saying that you don't believe God's going to take care of it or you're you're not pleased with how fast he's doing it maybe he's doing doing it too slow or maybe you don't think he's even trying to move or even trying to fix the problem so instead you're taking upon yourself to do what, what only God can do and what God was fixing to do but you stepped ahead of him and tried to solve the problem yourself and then when you do that you make the problems worse you see without faith it is impossible to please God so if you don't have faith in God to do something for you then you're not pleasing to God because you're saying that you don't believe he can take care of it you don't believe He's big enough to solve your problem. You see, and that's one of the things Job could have said. But instead, Job trusted God all the way into the end until he got restored and he got everything brought back to him. But you see, another another thing I want to bring out tonight. Let's turn to 2 Samuel chapter 2 Samuel chapter 5. 2 Samuel chapter 5. And I'm going to read verses 23 through 25. 23 through 25. You see, David was fighting fighting against the Philistines and fighting against all these enemies. And he, he defeated a, a whole bunch of the enemies. Then all of a sudden, as they were, as they were taking care of the, the stuff around them at the time, after the, the battle was over with, you know, taking care of the weapons and burning the, the different things, burning the bodies and all that stuff that they were doing, cleaning up the mess. While they were waiting, all of a sudden, here come the Philistines coming back again, trying to come against them again. So as, they came, as the Philistines came up against them, and they were standing there, David, instead of just telling his men, come on, let's go, let's go down there and get them, you know, and hastening with his feet. He said, he said, hang on a minute. Let me seek God. Let me ask God what to do about this situation and this circumstance. So then he went and he asked God. He said, God, what do you want me to do here? How do you want me to take care of this situation? They're coming up against us. We might not be able to defeat them without your help. So what do you want us to do here, God? Against the Philistines that's coming up and right here it says and when David inquired of the Lord he said thou shalt meaning the Lord said God told him it says thou shalt not go up but fetch a fetch a, fetch a compass behind them and come up and come upon them against the mulberry trees in other words it said basically take and compass about them go around to the other side of them and come up amongst the mulberry trees. In other words, begin to approach them amongst the mulberry trees. And that's, as you can see, the title tonight is Waiting Amongst the Mulberry Trees. And he told him, he said, when you come up around there amongst the mulberry trees, it says, and let it be, when thou hearest the sound of a, of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees, then that then thou shalt bestir thyself, for then shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. See, he told him, he said, go around and wait amongst the mulberry trees until you hear a goings over the top of the mulberry trees. When you hear the goings or the sounds of goings over the top of the mulberry trees, when you hear that, then you go forth and you take, you take the enemy. And you stir yourself up and you get yourself and you go and you take care of them. Because I have moved for you and I'm going to take care of it. And now, you see, David could have said, well, well, they're coming in pretty quick. Let's go ahead and make haste and take care of these guys and try to do it ourselves instead of asking God, what shall we do? Because think about it, they'd just finished fighting all these men. So now they were taking care of the of the of the uh you know, everything around them on, on the battlefield, okay, all the stuff that was laying amongst the field. So they were taking care of all that stuff and cleaning up, and all of a sudden here comes some more war, warriors coming up there to fight against them. So they hadn't even had time to rest or time to eat or time to take care, you know, to uh clean themselves up. And all that and get some rest from all this fighting they had already done. So now they were basically in a dilemma because here come a bunch of warriors that were refreshed and they were ready to come in and take them. So now they had to sit there and and get themselves ready to go into battle with all these guys coming. So he he said, no, let me ask God what we're going to do here. And when he asked God and God said, you go pass around about them and come up amongst the mulberry trees and wait there until you hear the sound of the goings over the trees. So, when he got around there at the mulberry trees as he was waiting, he could have gotten his people could have said, Hey, David, man, come on, they're, they're coming up here. We need to do something. We need to quit waiting here and get ready and go on ahead and take care of this. But instead, no, they waited till, till they heard the sound of the goings. So, when they heard the sound of the goings, now God was moving before them, preparing the situation, preparing the problem. And it says here, And David did so because David did what God told him to do. And being as he did what God told him to do, it says, And David did so as the Lord had commanded him, and smote the Philistines from Geba until thou come unto Gezer. In other words, he killed a whole bunch of these Philistines because he waited on God and he took care of the situation with God helping him and with God going before him and helping him defeat them. So you see, we have to learn to wait on God. We have to learn to wait, like that, like my title tonight, waiting amongst the mulberry trees. So we have to wait. We have to wait on God to move for in our situation, whatever we ask Him to do. We have to wait and let Him take care of it. So as we wait, and we be patient about the whole situation, God's going to move in it. We have to give Him time to, and give Him time to resolve the situation, resolve the the problem, so that whenever, whenever we come out of it, and we come out of the storm, then when we come out. Everything will be just fine. Everything would be just as God wanted it to be at the end of it. And turning back over to Isaiah chapter forty, back over to Isaiah chapter forty, verses twenty nine and thirty, it says, "He giveth power to the faint, and to them that that have, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength." You see, we're not strong enough to do it ourselves, and we're not. Sometimes we're not strong enough to endure. Because we get a little weary and get a little faint and we begin to get to where we um, we get tired or get wore out just from trying to keep pressing forward and keep pushing on and keep trying to make it to the end of this thing. Sometimes we get a little weary and sometimes we get tired and frustrated and and we allow the troubles and, and the worries of this life and the, the problems of this life begin to overtake us and, and we get to the point sometimes where we just feel like throwing in the towel. But if we wait on God and we keep pressing and keep pushing on, and we don't give up, then we're going to make it to the end of this thing. But why? Because God's going to give us strength. It says right here, it says, He gives power to the faint. In other words, if you're about to faint, and you keep your eyes focused on God, and you keep striving to make it to the end of this thing, you keep pressing towards that mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, and you don't throw in the towel, and you keep going and keep moving on, keep moving forward, God's going to not let you faint. He's going to keep you. He's going to help you. He's going to sustain you. He's going to keep you up and help you make it through this thing. Like that foot, the footsteps in the sand, whenever, that, whenever the person got tired and got to where he just couldn't go on anymore, and he looked down and he only seen one, one set of footprints, and he thought God had left him. But God told him, no, when you saw them one set of footsteps, footsteps, that's when I picked you up and carried you. That, them footsteps were from me as I was carrying you through and carrying you on through the, through the storm to help you make it to the end. You see, if we keep our eye, focus on God and keep our eyes on Him and don't fall to the wayside and don't give up, God's gonna help us get through it. He's gonna help us make it to the end of this thing. It says, to the, And to them that have no might, He increases their strength. In other words, He makes them stronger. You see, if you trust God and you keep striving, and you keep your eyes on Him, and come on, you keep praying and keep lifting God up, and you keep doing what God wants you to do, come on, He's going to give you strength to make it. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to enable you to get to the end. Even Even the youths, even the young people, even the ones that you think are strong, even the ones that you think can make it through this thing. Even the people, even the greatest... Man of God, that you know in your life, even them get weak. Right here it says, even the youth shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. In other words, the ones that you think is strong, the ones that you think because they're young, not not young in the Lord. But what I mean here is that because of them being strong in God, all right, and you're you're a little weaker, a little uh, you don't have the strength of some of the others. Even them get weary. Even them get faint. Even them feel like sometimes like they just can't go on anymore because of the battle and the warfare that everybody's facing especially in our day and time that we're living in right now the battle and the warfare is going to get stronger against us because why because the devil's the devil's come on he's working even harder because he knows that his time is running short he knows that his time is is running out so he's going to he's going to try to wear out the saints he's going to come at the saints even harder even stronger even more forceful because he's trying to wear them out and we see all around us in the world today that there's people falling by the wayside. They're turning away from God. And they're turning amongst false doctrine and false teachings. And come on, they're turning away from what they should be staying. They should be staying on the Lord and staying under good, sound doctrine. Instead, they're turning away and turning towards the things that, of the world. And they're allowing themselves to fall by the wayside. Because they're not, they're not strong enough in God. And they're not keeping their focus on Him. Come on, and looking towards the Lord. Instead, they're looking towards everything going on around them, and they're falling by the wayside. <clears throat> then turn over to uh, Psalms chapter 55. See, here's one of the things that David said over here in Psalms chapter 55. David was going through something. He was going through problems, going through situations in his life, and the different things that he was facing. And at this particular time, here's one of the things that he wrote in the Psalms. In Psalms chapter 55, Psalms chapter 55, verse 6. It says, And I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove. For then would I fly away and be at rest. You see, he said, What if if I just had wings like a dove? If I had wings like a dove, I could just fly away and go off somewhere where I could get some rest. Go off somewhere and get away from this stuff that's making me weary. Get away from the things and the troubles and the problems in my life. I could just fly away, just soar on away from them. Says, Lo, then would I wander off, uh, then would I wander afar off and remain in the wilderness, Salah. Selah, in other words, amen. In other words, so be it. In other words, he would take, if he had wings like a dove, he'd just fly off. He'd go off and he'd wander off and remain in the wilderness, away from everything, away from all the problems and the situations that he he's facing in his life. You see, everything that was coming against him, that was troubling him and that was causing him problems, causing him situations, he would just. He would just take and fly off away from them and just leave them where they're at and go off and be by himself somewhere and and that way he wouldn't have to face the things that he's going through. He said I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. You see, he was going through a storm, going through a tempest going through a lot of things that we are going through today. We're going through situations and through trials and through problems and everything in our lives to where we could just say, if, I, if only I had wings like a dove, I could just soar off and just fly away from here and get away from all these problems. Like, in other words, what he was saying, Well, if I was able to leave these problems behind and just get away from them and just go off somewhere and just, I could get me some rest. I could, I could get away from this stuff that's making me weary. I could go somewhere and, and just gather my strength and my senses. And leave my problems behind if it were so possible. But you see, because it's not possible. Because we can't just leave our storms and our trials behind. We can't leave our our problems and our situations. Then we have to face them head on. We have to make it and push it and press through. And get through those storms. Get through those trials. Get through those situations. Like when when the, the disciples were in the boat. They were crossing over the Sea of Galilee. And as they were crossing, Jesus was asleep in the bow of the boat meaning he was he was taking him a nap he didn't have no cares because why because he knew that they were crossing come on they were crossing the Sea of Galilee they were not going to be sitting there and sinking Jesus was on board Jesus said let us go on over to the other side and then that, when he said that when he said let us go on over to the other side I'm gonna take me a nap because I'm going, I know we're going to go. I know we're gonna go I know we're gonna make it to the other side I know we're not gonna be caught here in the sea nowhere Because I'm here, I'm on board, and I know where we're going, and we're going to get to where we're going to. But you see, the disciples began to look at the storm going on around them instead of of remembering who was on the boat with them. And remembering that, come on, that the Son of God said, we're going over to the other side. The very one that was able to calm the storm, the very one that was able to control the storm, the very one that, that was able to do these things was on board with them. But they began to look at the storm going on around them and got too focused on the storm instead of knowing that Jesus was on board. And because he was on board and he said we're going to the other side, they should have known that they were going to the other side. But instead they began to panic and began to get weary and they woke him up and they said, Jesus save us, we're sinking. The the water's coming on the ship. The storm is overtaking the ship. We're taking on water, we're going to sink. But you see, Jesus knew that they were going to the other side because He was on board. Even if the boat would have taken on enough water to sink, the boat was not going to sink because they were going to the other side. And Jesus told them, He says, "Why do you? Why? Wherefore do you doubt? Why do you doubt? You know, you, I'm on board with you. We're going to make it to the other side." And He told the storm, "Cease. Storm, be still. Wind, be still. Just calm down. Let us make it to the other side peacefully." And he showed them that because he was on board, they were able to get to the other side. But you see, we began to we failed to keep our eyes on Jesus. We be, we failed to keep our eyes on the very one that's in control of our lives. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And because of him, because of what he did two thousand years ago, dying on that cross to save us, come on, suffering at the whipping post for our healing, come on, he t- he's. he's He's uh, the high priest in heaven that's praying for us. Come on, hallelujah. He's the one that's in control of our lives. And because of that, if we keep our focus on Him, and keep our trust in Him, and believe in Him, and have faith in Him beyond a shadow of a doubt, that we're going to make it through. Come on, we have to grab a hold of that thing and say, regardless of what happens, regardless of come hell or high water in my life, I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. See, regardless of whether all hell comes against me, meaning... The devil himself, or all all this, you know, every every enemy, every enemy we have in the spirit realm, comes against us. God's going to raise a buckler up against him, and he's going to raise Come on, he's going to raise a standard up against our enemy and say, "No, you can't do no more. This is it. I'm drawing the line. I'm cutting you off. Leave him alone." And come on, and keep our focus on Jesus, and know that He's going to get us through. Come on, regardless of whether the sea rises or whether the, whether the the earthquake's. Or whatever, keep our focus on God and know that we're going to get through this thing. We have to trust Him. We have to believe in Him. Come on, that's what He said He would do for us. He said, whatsoever thing you ask, believing, having faith that I can do it for you and trusting Me, you shall have what you, receive, what you ask for, what you request for. But you have to trust and believe and know that regardless of whether it looks like you ain't going to get it, regardless of whether it looks like you're not going to make it to where God wants you to be at, you still have to trust and still have to know. You have to believe. You have to have faith. That whatsoever you ask, trusting and believing that God's going to do it for you, you'll receive it. You have to do that. You have to trust Him. But you see, when David said that about if only I had wings like a dove, I could just fly away, just go just going away from my problems, and leave all my situations behind. Then I know everything would be better. Everything would be so much better if I could just get out in the wilderness and get away from all this stuff. Get away from King Saul trying to kill me. Get away from all the peop- all the, the all the enemies that's coming against me. Get away from all these problems and all these trials that I'm facing in my life. If I could just get just take and just get wings like a dove, I would just be able to fly away and just leave them and just go on off somewhere, and all my problems would be left behind. But you see, it doesn't work like that because wherever you go, your problems are still going to be there. You can't never get away from them. You can't never get away from your problems. Because your problems will always be there until you overcome them. You have to overcome your trials and overcome your situations. But you see, here's what we have to do. If you look back over in Isaiah chapter 40, once again, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We have to wait on Him. If we wait upon the Lord, we will renew our strength. How will, we, how will we renew our strength? If we wait on the Lord, we're gonna get, we might get so weary and so beat down and so wore down. Come on, to where we feel like we can't go on anymore. To where we feel like it's just, I'm just, it's just taking me down. It's, uh, I'm covered up. I can't even see which way's up at this point or at this time, at this level. I'm just so caught up in all of my mess. But you see, if we wait upon the Lord, we shall renew our strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and faint not. They shall walk and not faint. In other words, you'll keep pressing on. If you wait on the Lord, He'll renew your strength. And when He does, you'll you'll get wings as an eagle so you can soar above your storm, soar above your problem. You'll, you'll get to the point and to the level to where that storm will no longer affect you. So then you will press yourself right on through to the other side of the storm and be through it and be done with it. Be done with your trial. Be done with your situation. If you wait upon the Lord, you will renew your strength. You'll gain wings as an eagle and you'll rise up above your storm. You'll run and not be weary. You'll you won't you'll walk and not faint. You'll make it through it. You'll make it through this thing. Regardless of what's coming against you, you'll get through. You'll make it to the other side. And then over in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. You see, instead of Get wings as a dove so you can fly and run away from your problems. Instead, get wings like an eagle so you can soar above them and get above the, the, get above the boisterous wind that's blowing underneath you. The storm will still be there, and you'll still be around the storm, but you'll be above the level of the storm to where the storm is not affecting you. That's what it's talking about here. That's what it's saying in Isaiah. You'll mount up as, on wings as an eagle, and you'll rise up. You'll get to the level to where your storm down below you will not affect you because you'll have your trust and your faith in God. And you'll make it through your storm because you'll fly above the boisterous winds and fly above the hail and the, the storm and the, the rain and everything and all that's affecting, that's affecting you. And you'll rise up above it and you'll make it through this thing. And here in verse 16 of chapter 4 in the book of Hebrews, it says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace. To help in time of need. So what's that? What's the, what is that saying here? You see, we have to. The way we can find how to make it through this thing, when your trial and your storm seems so bad, instead of looking at your trial and looking at your storm and looking at your situation, don't look at that. Don't look at it and say, well, you know, this is so bad. It's just it's just so horrible that there's just no hope. I might as well just give up and throw in the towel. Instead of doing that, do what it says here. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. What's the throne of grace? You hit your knees and you hit the knees, hit your knees in an altar somewhere, and you pray through and ask God. See, the throne of grace is at the feet of God, and you hit you hit your knees and you seek God's face, and you hit you find where God is, and you obtain that way as you're praying through and you're seeking after Him and you're looking for an answer. You're you're seeking God for an answer in your problem and in your situation and in your trials. As you do that, when you come boldly unto the throne of grace, you'll obtain mercy. Oh, we always need mercy. We always need mercy in our lives for our shortcomings and for our our faults our faults and our, our problems that we you know when sometimes our problems get a little hard and we, we end up we end up tripping up a little bit or stumbling and we have to ask God for mercy on us mercy on us and cover our You know, cover our sins with his with his blood, and and to cover those problems that we have in our life, our shortcomings, our little situations and areas where we're weak at. Throw when the trial hits and we tend to falter a little bit because of those those weak areas. You know, we need we need mercy for those weak areas in our life and for our shortcomings and areas where we fall short with God. That you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. See, you could seek God and find grace. Find what's grace. Grace is when God shows you and enables you to make it through it. He shows you what you need to do in that situation and in that trial to make it to the end. You see, we have to have grace from God. Grace grace enables us to live right. You see, grace shows us how we should live. It shows us how we need to act and how we need to respond. It shows us how we need to all the different things we need to do in our life. You see it's not man that cleans man up it's God that cleans man up. When you come to God and God will clean you up, how does he clean you up through grace? He shows you how to live. He shows you the things you got to do. He shows you how where, in areas where you need to clean up at and where you need to, to straighten up your you know, your weaknesses. He shows you where your weaknesses are so that you can get stronger in them and he shows you areas in your life that where you need to, to where you need to get strength at. And that, that's the grace of God. Grace, the grace of God shows you that. So you see, when you're facing a trial or a situation that you're going through in your life, instead of focusing so much emphasis on that trial and on that storm, look to God and seek His face. Approach, boldly approach the throne of grace and ask God to show you what He wants you to do or what He's requiring of you to do so that you can get through this trial and through this situation. You see, instead of looking at your situation, you look to God. Find out what God wants to do. What wants you to do? That's what Job did. See, instead of listening to his friends, he said, "You know what? You guys ain't helping me none. All you're doing is just making my problem worse because you're making me doubt. You're making me doubt God. You're making me sit here and look at, at myself and look at all this stuff that you're telling me that it's because of this or because of that or because of so and so or because of uh, just the way something looked or whatever." Whatever his friends were, all the different stuff, different junk that his friends were telling him, same with you, whatever your friends are telling you, instead of seeking after, seeking after a solution or answers amongst the heathen, look to God for your answer or for your solution. You see, that's what he had to do. He had to tell his friends, look guys, you're not helping me. Just, just go on, be quiet, shut up, get away from me, leave me alone. And then he looked to God, and God, as he began to talk to God about it, then God began to show him, and and ended up showing him what he needed to get out of his life that God wasn't pleased with. And when God showed him that, then he realized, okay, well, this is what God wants to do. Then he addressed that issue, and then he prayed for his friends, and then he was healed, and everything was given back to him. You see, as you're going through that storm, it may be a situation that God's trying to get something out of your life. Or it may be something that you brought upon yourself. Either way, whatever it is, God has a way out. Because God's not going to put you through something without giving you a way out of it. And you have to look to Him to find that way out. You see, so waiting amongst the mulberry trees, instead of getting ahead of God and trying to fix this problem yourself, or instead of throwing in the towel and saying, I'm done with it, Find you a nice little shady spot under the mulberry tree and seek God's face. And say, God, what do you want me to do here? What, what do I need to do? In what area do I need to improve? And where is my way out of this situation? God, you know. And I trust you and I believe you, God, to help me get through this thing. And God, I'm asking you, Lord, to help me get through this situation. Help me get through this problem. Because, Jesus, I know you're capable of doing it. I know you're capable of fixing and solving this, and moving in this situation. Sit down and talk to. Them. Don't talk to your heathen friends. Don't talk to people that you don't have, that you shouldn't be having confidence in. Find somebody that, that a godly person that knows the Word of God. If you need somebody to help you in that area, but also seek God's space yourself, and see what God has for you. Find out what God can do. Don't limit God. But find out what God is capable of doing. The only way you're going to find out what God is capable of doing is by studying the Word and getting an understanding that He's the one that created the whole universe. He's the one that sets and encompasses and camps Himself around about the entire Earth. And His come on the the universe is His living room, His stone room. The earth is His footstool. He's an almighty God that created all things with just the words of His mouth and then took time to set and form man out of the dust of the earth. We're talking about the creator of all things here that's capable of changing reality, that's capable of of moving in situations. Why? Because He's the one that created everything. He's the one that, that told it how to do, how to work. He's the one that tells the wind to blow. He's the one that tells the sea, All right, see, you can only come so far. Can you figure out in your own mind how God told the sea not to come any farther than that? Can you in your own mind... Yeah, we, we can say gravity, but does gravity actually hold everything? Or is it the power of God that holds everything in, in place? You see, what you've got to realize, is not just... It's, gravity didn't just come out of nowhere. God told everything how to work. He told the sea to stay where it's at. He told the earth to float amongst the ocean where it sets at and keeps the continents together. His very words out of His mouth keeps everything together. See the earth, the, the rocks and the continents of the earth is just floating amongst the sea. Well, how does that keep them not from, from moving from from one area where they're at to total somewhere else? We don't understand that. Only God has an understanding of what He is capable of doing. How does the earth revolve around the sun? I mean, think about it. The earth setting out in the middle of nothing, rotating or revolving around a huge rock that's on fire in the middle of all, of everything. And yet the earth stays a certain distance away from the sun and stays that exact distance as it revolves around the sun every year. The scientists can't explain it to a, to a complete total understanding of how it works. They, they, don't, they know that it's there because of, of the pulling of the sun and the, the way the planets are amongst themselves. But is that really the reason why? No, it's not because of that. It's because God told the earth to do that. God told everything to do what it's doing. He's the one that designed it all. Our bodies is only being able to breathe in a certain amount of oxygen in the atmosphere and be able to survive. God told God's the one that set that into motion. He's the one that made that designed everything and that spoke spoke it all into existence. So if He's the one that can do all these things, then then why do we put a limit on Him whenever we're facing a trial or a situation that He and we say He can't get us out of it? That's what I'm saying tonight. Wait patiently under the mulberry tree. Seek God's face and ask Him to help you. Ask Him to get you out of your situation. Get you out of your circumstance. And then when you ask Him, trust and know and believe that He can do it. Get a relationship with God so that you'll know what God is capable of doing. As you build the relationship with Him, as you build your relationship with God and get closer to Him, you begin to get a better understanding of what He wants in your life. You begin to get a better understanding of what He's capable of doing. You begin to know the power that God has and what He's fully capable of doing. But without that relationship, you'd just be like just any other person out on the street that's never met God or doesn't know anything about God or doesn't know anything about the Word of God. But you see, if you be like one of them people, then you will never know what God is capable of doing in your life. You'll never wait patiently amongst the mulberry trees for God to move and for Him to, to, to get the situation to begin to resolve so that you can press on through this thing. Instead, you'll try to solve your problem yourself. But you see, we have to learn to wait on God, learn to trust God. And we have to learn to know that God can move and God can solve these problems. He tells tells us everything in His Word here. But you see, if we don't dig into the Word of God and find out what He's got to say, then how are we going to know that? How are we going to know that God can part the sea? If you don't know that God parted the sea for the Israelites so they could get across on dry ground, and then drowned the men that was chasing them behind them by dropping the sea back in on them. Fed them manna out of heaven. Come on, dropped them angel bread out of heaven at night, during the early morning when the dew was rising. He dropped the manna down on the ground so they could go out and gather it together and eat. Angel food right there laying on the ground in front of them. They come out of nowhere. Just popped up with the dew. God's capable of doing those things. Departed the Jordan and kept it kept it open long enough for them to take twelve stones from the come on, take twelve stones and set it amongst in the middle of the of the of the river Jordan as a remembrance that God let them cross over on dry ground and then he told them to take twelve stones from the river for a remembrance to set up in the camp and set up in Jerusalem to show as a remembrance to explain to their children. How God led, how God parted the Jordan so they could cross over from the wilderness over into the Holy Land, over into the, to the land of milk and honey, into the promised land that God had promised them, that God had promised their ancestors, had promised their great, 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 great grandfather Abraham, and said, I'm going to bring your people in to the promised land and give them everywhere that your feet trod. How would we know that God is capable of doing that? He held the River Jordan open long enough. For them to do that, as the priests were standing there with the Ark of the Covenant in the very middle of the river Jordan, with dry feet, to allow them to go over and take the stones and move all those stones around, so they could have remembrance of what God had done. And those very stones are still there today, laying in the riverbed of Jordan. All these things that God is capable of doing. Open the eyes of the blind, when He healed the leper, made one leper whole. All the different things that he done, healed the, the lame man, healed the woman with issue of blood, all the many, the many multitude of of healings and miracles that he done, while he walked the face of the earth, and everything that God has done for us, and yet we get, yet we we get faint and get weak in our believing and trusting God, to know that He can do it for us, that we have to trust Him, we have to believe in Him. And as you get a relationship with Jesus, and you will learn more and more to know and to understand what God is capable of doing. But you won't get that if you don't get a relationship with Him, if you don't hit your knees and seek the face of God and find what God can do and study in the Word of God. Dig into the Word and know what God can do. Fast and, and bring your flesh under subjection. The more you bring that flesh under subjection, the stronger that spirit man will gain over that flesh. And the longer that, the stronger that spirit man gets inside of you, then the more that you'll trust God and the bit, the greater that your faith to become because you're feeding the one that gets that get stronger in the Lord and you're putting the weaker one under subjection as you put the flesh under subjection you ing- you increase strength in the spirit and that's what we got to do so wait on un- wait patiently under the mulberry trees wait amongst the mulberry trees for God to move seek his face and find the face of God and learn more of him so you'll know Learn the greatness of God. Don't don't be, come on, don't be weak in what you know of God. Don't limit God, but get a better understanding so you know what He's capable of doing. And I hope this helps you tonight, and um, and everything, and and uh, I'll be back on again as soon as I can with another video. But I hope this helps you in your walk with with God, and and, um, and seek His face and get strength, get to know what God is capable of doing, and. Know that He's strong enough to move for you, regardless of what your circumstance is, regardless of what your situa- situation is. God is fully capable of taking care of it for you. You just got to trust Him and believe Him. Thank you for watching tonight. And uh, um, <clears throat> if you haven't tuned into my podcast or, or um, went and liked my my pages that I have on Facebook, uh, please do so. I'm going to start putting the church uh, the church videos Haven to that I record, I'm going to start putting them, start recording them from, from my church page, my Haven of Rest church page. It's called my, my, my church videos, Haven of Rest church. That's what my page is called. And, um, but that's when I start doing the church videos on. And, uh, so if you haven't went there and liked that yet, please do so, um, so that you won't miss out on them. And, uh, thank you for watching tonight. Love you guys. God bless.